Hi, welcome to another teaching message from Sycamore Church, Ibadan, Nigeria. Have you ever thought like somebody was with you on something? Like you thought we were together, we got that day, and then apparently they were not. For example, you were making plenty of political noise with a friend, like you were all shouting about who is going to change this country and we're together and we're going to get people out of government and all of that. And you were just vibing and all of that. You were ranting on Twitter and everything, everything, everything. And then on the day of elections, you're like, oh, more, let's go and vote. And the person said, I don't even have PVC. Yeah. You're like, just they play, just <laughs> they play. Or maybe you felt like you were in talking stage with somebody, like I me and this person were in talking stage, like apparently you were soliloquizing. You are talking to yourself. What, one of my most painful memories from secondary school, many years ago, secondary school, I remember one of the, the pains that stays with me the most that I still remember in this moment was a particular day. It's a child in class, and we kind of um, got her angry, and um, that was basically like all the guys in class. And so the teacher then says, you know what, all the guys, blah, 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 and then she's telling us to get out of her class, and then she then gave us um, like a punishment. So she said, you know this thing that you tell students to go and write something 1,000 times? I will never ask them to. They're going to write it 1,000 times. And I remember um, all the guys, we all like bounced out, and she said before she comes tomorrow, and so we all bounced out. Then we got outside, and we kind of like had a meeting, like, don't let's do that thing, that why, why would I? So we all like agreed that we're not going to do it. And but there was a guy, to be fair, there was a guy who said, ah, that he would do it, too, that he doesn't, uh, we said, hey, but that all of us, like, by the power of our numbers, that there's nothing she can do and all that. So we all agreed, right? So the next morning we got to class, that one more, are you coming for England? I was like, yeah, nah, why not? Nah, 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 nah. Okay. So we get to class, and I remember that she now says, okay, bring it out. So that guy that said, well, no, I brought it out. I went like, are you? Then she's like, the others. But then one guy brought out. <laughs> like, bro. Then somebody uh, brought out brought out. Eventually, it was only two of us. Only two of us. They're like, ah, more. You know? And so the punishment became really worse on us. And in those days, there was no word like sly, but that is like the root meaning of sly. Like, if you know. But, but it can be a very, like, wow moment to be among people, to think everybody's with you, like we're together. Like we got that day, and apparently not. Maybe for you, it's even this search period. Maybe you have, like, a Sycamore Church member that is a colleague at work. And so you're yeah, like, I in our church, we're surging. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah. So you guys were both in a meeting, and in, in the meeting, they now brought food. And so, and you, you now search food, but you are salivating, but you should say, yeah. You now ask the person, saying that can they pack it? The person said, no. And you say, okay, no problem, you know. And you are just like, even smiling at the Sikama member across, like, uh, like, and then you just saw her collecting and eating. Uh, uh. But actually, she's pregnant, she's pregnant, she's pregnant. <laughs> But, but here's the deal. You know, we are at this early point of the year, and in many ways, I feel like there is everybody seemingly running. We're running our goals, we're running our plans, we are running our life and all of that. And maybe even in a wider sense, everybody is, you know, trying to hit things in life. There's just that whole sense about life that everybody seemingly is on a chase. We seem like we're on a pursuit. We're maybe trying to make money, you're trying to blow, you're trying to excel in exams. It's just that sense of everybody on a push, on a rush, on a pursuit, on a chase and all of that. And I think it's easy to look left and right and just have that sense of, yes, it's all of us. We got that day. Everybody's running together like here we are. And everybody's seemingly sweating and in the motions and in the hustle and all of that. But I thought to run a check this morning and kind of see whether we are maybe actually in the same race. Are, are we actually... In the same race. 
And so as we go through all the motions of this year and as we set it all up, I've been trying to do a build-up for the last two weeks. And two weeks ago, I started, I shared with you a question that I, I asked, can you hold your liquor? And then last week, I asked, um, are you ready to blow? And so for a topic this morning, I have a question for you. And my, my question today is, what is chasing you? What, what is chasing you? Can you help me look at somebody next to you and ask the person, what is, what is, you should have figured out your neighbor by now, come on. What is what is chasing you? And I know you're running and I know there's all like the, I'm running at stuff and I'm trying to make it happen and there's a big year ahead and all of that. But my question today is, what is chasing you? Maybe, maybe you'd be thinking this morning, like, does it really matter? As long as I'm in the hustle, I'm in the pursuit and I'm running and all of that and I'm going at life, I'm going at my goals, I'm going at my dreams and all of that. Does it matter what is chasing you? Well, it will eventually tell. It will what is chasing you will determine at what point you will eventually stop running. Um, you know, you all started out together in university. Somebody stopped at a first degree. Somebody else is on the fourth degree now and still running. What is chasing you will eventually determine where you will stop. There's that sense of what is behind your run. Victor, why are you texting me? What is behind your run? And so my question today is, what is chasing you what is chasing you i'm asking today because i'm afraid that we can honestly get so muddled up in the pursuits and the busyness and everything just looks the same and if we're not careful we will actually even miss the point because we just start january before you know it it's going to be it's like you know it's january like new year and, and all of that and then somewhere you're like man the month is going and, and it's still february it's still february but do you know how it's like january february march october november december do you know how it's like like where did it go and and i I'm afraid that we can totally just be in the pursuits and all and even miss the point. Everybody is sweating. Everybody is, you know, running and all of that. But not everybody is running the right race or running for the right reasons. Or even making what I call destiny kind of progress. Not everybody is. You know, everybody is like in the motions, but not everybody is making destiny kind of progress. So where I hope I can get to today is to burn the right fires in your engine. I want to... I don't know about you, but I want to run with meaning this year. I want to spend my energy. See, I'm going to spend energy, right? But I want to spend my energy and make it count. I don't just want to come back home every night tired. I know I will come back, you know, tired like, oh, I've spent a day. But, you know, there's a difference between just coming back tired versus coming back, yes, tired, but with an undertone of fulfillment. They're two different things. And that's where I kind of want to be this year. So I want to share something with you that will challenge you this morning and maybe can put some perspective for us. So one more time, would you help me ask somebody, what is chasing you? What is chasing you? See, when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, okay, you know the whole story about how God brought the Israelites out of Egypt. It was not just about escaping from Egypt. It wasn't just about an Egypt that was chasing them. It was about God bringing them into a promised land that he's inviting them to. It was not just about escaping from the chasing Egyptians. It was about there is a promised land that I'm inviting you to. See, if it is merely Egypt chasing us, we will miss the point of success. I'll tell you what I'm saying. When you walk through the story of how the scripture plays out just in a prophetic tone and all of that, if you think that the mark of success is just escaping Egypt, then you will miss the point of success. In God's plan, it is not enough to be driven by a desire to escape Egypt. We must be hungry for the promised land. If not, what would happen is that we will get tired in the wilderness. 
and we will start to call the wilderness a destination. You see, the thing with the wilderness is that the wilderness is better than Egypt. Your father was in Egypt. Your father's father was in Egypt. They were all born there. And now you have broken loose from Egypt. But you see, a whole generation that came out of the wilderness perished. That came out of Egypt perished in the wilderness. Estimates are that at least 3 million Israelites. And all of them except two people didn't make it into the promised land. They all perished in the wilderness. And if we just think it's about escaping Egypt, if it's just Egypt chasing us, we will get tired too soon. If it's just Egypt chasing us, what would happen is that we will get to the wilderness. We will call it a destination. We will stop short. We will call a landmark the destination. And what happens in the wilderness is that when the wilderness becomes a destination for us, we slip into idolatry. That is where we start to make a golden calf. We start to worship things that we've encountered on the journey rather than worshiping the God of the journey. Because it was not really about the God of the journey. It was just about making it out of Egypt. So now we're out and then suddenly the calf becomes our God. Now we are starting to worship things we have found on the journey. That's when you start worshipping a relationship. You start worshipping, you know, your job. You start worshipping your family. You start worshipping technology. You start worshipping your new gadget. Why? Because for you it was just about escaping from where you're coming from. And I'm saying the wilderness is a place where we start to distort our worship. So the goal is not merely escaping Egypt. God invites us into a promised land. You know, all the Israelites actually escaped Egypt. But only two, Joshua and Caleb, made it into the promised land. Here, here's what I mean, and this is what I want you to be thinking. Like, there's an Egypt behind us, right? There's an Egypt behind us. But there is the promised land that God invites us to. Think of yourself in those motions. There is a difference. And I'm asking, are you just running that Egypt is chasing you, so let me just get away from Egypt? That's not enough to be running for. And I'm asking that today because there's a difference between running, being chased to escape, to escape seasons of Egypt. Maybe Egyptian singleness. Like, I just want to get out of singleness. And that's like a destination for me versus actually having a vision for what God wants to do in my marriage. They're two different things. There's a difference between escaping poverty. Some of you know, like, let me just, let me be said that I'm not among the poor. Like the way the thing has been in your, like, I just want to escape. That's all that. But there's a difference between escaping poverty and having a vision for real wealth. There's a difference. There's a difference between escaping, for some of you, it's escaping churchlessness. Like, I don't want to just, on a Sunday morning, like, I want to have a place that I can, like, let me also identify and all that. There's a difference between escaping churchlessness versus being a functional, planted member of what God is doing in the earth. They're two different things. There's a difference between escaping joblessness versus having a career vision. And I'm saying to you, escaping Egypt brings you into the wilderness, but it's still a step away from going into the promised land. There's a difference between escaping school. Hmm? Let, me just, hey, let me just get out of here. The difference between escaping school and having a vision of fulfillment of what God wants to do in your life. They're two different things. The people who escaped Egypt still worshipped the golden calf and perished in the wilderness. Because they didn't get the full picture of the invitation to the promised land. And so, today I'm saying we cannot merely be chased by Egypt. We need a vision of the promised land. We can't merely just allow Egypt to be running you. And, and yes, 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 you're getting away from Egypt. But I'm saying the wilderness places where we even start to distort worship. Somebody say in Jesus' name, God, open my eyes to what you are bringing me into. Say, God, give me a burden for what is ahead. Say, move me from hearing the loud sounds of what I'm being chased by. 
to sense in what I am called to. That's powerful. Let's say it one more time. Say, God, move me from merely hearing the loud sounds of what is chasing me. And move me to sense what I'm being called into. Yeah, that's good. See, it's a weak life, friends. It's a weak life to simply be chased at the pace and the pressure of the sounds that are around you. It's a weak life. Just the sounds of poverty, the sounds of men. I, I never want to be there, so let me run. I never want to be the political sounds, the economy, the, what your boss is saying. So because your boss is dealing with you, now you want to run and pray. Because you have a problem with um, your, your relationship, your marriage, now you want to start loving your spouse and giving gifts. Because you have issues with a child, now you are attending Super Saturday. Now because, and, and you're simply running at the pace of what is chasing you. It's a weak life. Let me tell you how we should really be living. God calls us to live a life of fulfillment that is responding to a bigger vision that is calling us. Vision drives us by inviting us. I'll say that again. Vision drives you by inviting you to something, not merely pressuring you out of something, right? Vision drives you not merely by pressuring you out of something, but by inviting you to something. And if we'll be honest, the degree of the weight of vision that we see is the extent to which we will be driven. Would you this year live meaningful and passionately? Would you live big? Would you live large? Would you live driven? I think it boils down to the extent of that sense of vision that is calling you. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision from God, the people run wild. But those who adhere, those who adhere to God's instructions... They know genuine happiness. Where there is no vision from God, we are just running wild. We are just running according to what is just running wild. There's no sense of vision. People run wild. Or maybe this morning you say to me, you don't understand. It's easy for you to sit down and be talking about vision and all of that. But you don't understand. See, where I am right now, I don't even have the mental room for vision. Like, life right now is just about, let me even, surviving till tomorrow is my miracle. Like, let me just even make it, let, let my marriage just not even break. Let me even just make it through one day. Like, that is just where I am. And just forget all that vision thing. Can I even just keep my sanity? Keep my job? To which I would say, honestly, I can only imagine, and I don't even mean to be insensitive, because we honestly live in that kind of world. We live in that kind of world where sometimes people are thrown into such desperation of just even survive. Um, but I, I have a word for you if you're saying that. But also on the other hand, maybe you actually say, man, like, you don't understand, like, vision, like, <laughs> where I am today, I didn't even, it's, it has exceeded my, my wildest dreams. Like, um, I, I couldn't have even imagined I'll ever be here. Like, I've surpassed everything I imagined 10 years ago. I'm way ahead of every dream that I've ever had in life. Like, let me just be going with the flow, that kind of a thing. Either way, where you stand, or if you're even anywhere in between that spectrum, I have three things to say to you that I think would really help you. Three simple things to suggest. Through which I think you can be thinking about vision and just this thing of what is actually driving me. How am I thinking about this year and all of that. Three simple things about the concept of vision that every one of us this morning can lay hold of. So the first thing that I have to share with you is that I think we must have a vision for potential to be maximized. We must have a vision for potential to be maximized. Let me say that to somebody this morning. Say you must have a vision for potential to be maximized. 
See, in Matthew chapter 25, you know the story about how the master calls his servants and he gave to one five, he gave to another two, and he gave to another one. And this is such a picture we must have in our hearts. That God gives us different talents or different giftings or different potential and all of that. But whatever he gives us, it raises the question of stewardship. What do I mean by stewardship? The question of stewardship means that something has been entrusted to you. God has entrusted you with a life. He has entrusted you with opportunities, with relationships. He has put things in your hands. He has entrusted you with platforms, with influence, with giftings and all of that. And you must live your life with a vision that is inviting you to make the most of your entrustment. A vision that is inviting you to say, let my potential be maximized. I think too many people simply have a vision to quote-unquote succeed. Too many people just see a picture of, let me just succeed. But the question is, what is success? What is success? Is success your first big break? Is success when you make the money? Is success when you um, escape from Egypt? Because in some way we can say they are all marks, like they are all landmarks on a journey of success and all of that. But the problem is if we are just driven by this vagueness of success and all of that, like I just shall want to be in a good place. I, I, I will know when I'm successful. I, 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 don't, I know when I become, I will and know, you know, that kind of thing. If we're driven by that kind of vague mark, the point is we will settle in the wilderness because the wilderness is success. We made it out of Egypt, didn't we? Where your father was made it out of your father's bondage, we would settle in the wilderness. And so we start to call the wilderness a destination. But in Joshua chapter 14, I talk about one of the guys that made it into the promised land. Please stay with me, I'm going somewhere today. One of the guys that made it into the promised land, his name is Caleb. I love the wordings of Joshua chapter 14. We pick up the story. Now Caleb is 85 years old. And as I, when he went to the promised land as a spy, he was 40 years. So 45 years have passed. And Caleb now is this old man and, and all of that. But just listen to what it means to be saying, I want to maximize what is possible. I want to live on the front foot of seeking to maximize what is possible. For Caleb, if you sat down with him as an 85-year-old, there are many marks to say, I think, Caleb, you are a successful guy. I think you've made it. I think, you know, you can just chill because, I mean, everybody, your generation was wiped out. Out of three million people, you are one of the two that made it, right? Some of you apply for a job. Only 10 people apply. You still didn't make it out of 10. This is like three million. And you're like, Caleb, you made it like you are one of the two. Like, and all. That's enough to celebrate for a lifetime. I think you're like, he's still strong. He's agile. He has everything going for him. He's, he has entered the promised land. Like, this is success, as you would rate it, like, and all of that. But listen to his passion today. From verse 6, the Bible says that the children of Ju Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite said to him, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Benia. He says, I was 40 years old that time when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to spy the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. There was something God was doing in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the hearts of all the people melt and all of that. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore that day, saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children and all of that. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day. I'm 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both going out and for coming in. Listen to verse 12 where I'm going. He says, now therefore, 
give me this mountain. I'm like, Caleb, you are still pushing for one more aspect of the promise, one more thing to be fulfilled. He's like, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will still be with me, that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out of the, as the Lord said. I'm like, Caleb, what are you still looking for? Caleb, you have it all going for you. Now you're just old and you can just chill like you've succeeded by all counts and all of that. But Caleb is living with a sense of what more is possible. I want to see all potential fulfilled. I have a vision to see the maximization of potential. And he's saying there's still something in the promise. There's still something in what God called me to. There is still something in the calling of God on my life that I'm still pushing for. Even though I'm 85 and I have everything the world will call success. Caleb says it's not enough to sit down. I must live with a vision of saying I want to see potential maximized. And so at 85, he's asking and saying, give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. I love his words. He says, it may be, it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. I want to say to somebody this morning, it may be that if you would live on the front foot and the intensity of saying there are still things in the promise to take, it may be that God will do more than you know he will. It may be that there is still more potential in your life. It may be that you haven't yet seen all that God can do. It may be that there is still more gifting and anointing and calling on your life. It may be that you've settled in the wilderness when there's still a promised land. It may be that there is still grounds to take. It may be that you haven't yet seen your best creativity. It may be that you haven't yet seen the best expressions in your career it may be that you haven't even yet started your best business it may be that there is still more are you hearing me this morning it may be that God will still do more in my home in my on my job in my relationship it may be I want to say to people today we must live with a vision that says I want to make the most of what is possible I want to make the most it's not enough listen if you're running a business, you must live with a vision to maximize what is possible, to maximize profit, to maximize what am I getting from this, to maximize. Hear me well. If you're running a business as a Christian, please don't run business as if you're doing charity. If you want to do charity, start charity. It's a good thing to do. If you want to float NGO, float NGO. It's a good thing to do, all right? But if you are running a business, don't run a business in, an, in, a, in a non-business way, all right? What did your business make last year? Ah, we... God was faithful. What did you make? Where are the books? Where are the records? Are you maximizing profit? Are you, are you stretching where God calls you to stretch? Are you hearing me this morning? You say, I shall know things. I shall know we were eating and God was faithful. I'm saying be a good steward. If he gave you five, he has given you potential to say, go and make the most with it. Are you hearing me today? So make the most of what is possible. You're making the most as you're raising your children. Our children are shall not bad. We thank God. Are you making the most of influence and of imparting them and of sharpening them as arrows in a generation? Is it that kind of dream you have? Is it that kind of dream to say, man, what is in my hands? And it's not just about going through moments. Are you making the most of search? Are you making the most of seeking God? That is five o'clock. Let's shall. It's almost six. Another day. We thank you, Lord. Are you engaging heaven? Are you making the most of a God opportunity? We must live with a vision that says it's not enough to just be in. We want to make the most. Are you hearing me today? And this is nothing to say be critical with your life. Please be grateful. Please be grateful for all that you have found. But listen, genuine gratitude points us to the God who has worked. And do you know what that does? It raises new expectation. 
Genuine gratitude points us towards God. And when we see what God has done, we know that he has not yet done all that he can do. Genuine gratitude brings new expectation. Make the most. Are you guys hearing me today? Make the most. Let's be committed to high-intensity living. It honors the God who gave us potential when we live high-intensity, when we make the most of it. Two years ago, you were praying, God, I, I just feel lonely. I am so lonely. Just give me relationships, Lord. Are you making the most of friendships? You shall say you have friends. Are you, are you, see, it's one thing to have friends. Are you enjoying friendship? Say, Lord, just give me a mentor. All around the world is to mentor. Give me a mentor. Now, all you have is contact. Mentor, number, mentor one, mentor two. You've saved all their numbers. Are you enjoying mentorship? Are you making the most of the opportunity? That's what I'm asking you. You must live your life with a vision that says, if God has given me opportunity, I want to make the most of it. Two years ago, the excuse for everything, I don't have phone. But they say, are you joining? I don't have phone. Are you in a life? I don't have phone. I don't have phone. I don't have phone. Are you going? I don't have phone. Are you breathing? I don't have phone. Everything. You just don't have phone. I don't have... The way, you know the way people can talk about their limitation, like the slight, I don't have phone. It's just that I don't have phone. You say, are you coming for prayer? I don't have phone. What the? I try, don't have phone. I don't... Oh yeah, now you have phone. Now you have phone. Are you making the most? You have a smartphone and you are still priding in ignorance. They are talking about worldwide. I don't even know anything about two, it's two clicks away. Are you making the most of an opportunity? The thing has outsmarted you. Are you making the most of the privilege of the people you are around, of the season you are in? A vision that says God has put me somewhere and I want to make the most of it. Are you hearing me, people? Don't just pass seasons of your life. Must be a vision that is driving you this year. This year. It's not just about saying we have come out of Egypt. It's about saying, are we entering into all God has called us to? Are we making the most of it? Does it drive you? You are praying for church. Ah, I just don't like, no. There's too much deception in churches all around. Oh yeah, you have found church. Are you making the most? You are strolling in at any time. Are you making the most? I remember years ago when I was in that space on campus, I was praying to God, I needed a church. I needed a church. On a Sunday, I would go to eight places looking for one. You know when you enter, so it, uh, it, I, and I remember the day I stood and I said, God, if you give me, ah, they will know that they found a member. And they knew. For the five years that, that they knew. They knew that they found a member. Because it is a blessing, it is a season. Of, I'm not there again. Can't take me back. That season is gone. But it's like there's so much opportunity pregnant and we are dying in a wilderness worshipping what we have found rather than being with the God of our journey. Make the most. Help me look at somebody. Say he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Make the most. Make the most. Make the most. For, I'm new in Ibadan. I don't know anybody. I'm new in the church. I don't know any, Oh yeah, now you know people. What, what are you doing with your influence range? They, because I don't have followers. I just over. Now you have followers. I even pity the followers. <laughs> Somebody say in Jesus' name, I will maximize my potential. It's the same thing for us as a church. It's the same way we think. The church is not full when the seats are filled. The church is full when the world is empty. As long as there is one more person that is not saved, we're not full. 
We are reaching. We are straight. Are you hearing me? That's the passion. In Luke, listen to Luke chapter 14. I pray you hear these words the way I hear. Luke 14, verse 22. You know the story of the guy that threw a banquet and all of that. Think of your life this way. That God has put potential in the party and all. And then his, the master said, he sent out his servants to gather people and all. And he said, master, it is done as you have commanded. Ha! And still there is room. That thing hits me. Still, there is room. I've obeyed God's command, but still there is room. I've served God, but still there is room. I've dreamed dreams, but still there is room. I've loved people, but still there is room. I've served in church, but still there is room. I've made profits, but still there is room. Then verse 23, he said, hey, go. Now, keep going. Go. The master said, go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Now, my house may be filled. Somebody say in Jesus' name, I will maximize potential. Second thing I'll say quickly this morning um, is that I think we must have a vision for kingdom and the power of our wins. A vision for the kingdom and the power of our wins. See, there are many ways you can think about the world. I don't know about you, but you can just look at the world and think about the world in many different ways. You can divide the world in many ways. You can just look at people and divide the world into happy people, sad people, can divide it into male and female. You can divide it into black, white, right? You can divide it into religious lines. You can divide it into sexual orientation. You can divide it into, hey man, I'm looking forward to talking talkers this year already. And let me just commit. There's one that we have already fixed before even people vote. What the Bible says about LGBTQ. I'm already looking forward to that, right? Okay, whenever that will be. All right. But you can divide the world in many ways. In many ways. Don't start sweating. Calm down now. You can, you, can, you can divide the world in many ways and all of that. But one way we must be able to divide, that we must be able to look and see division, is kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. Eh? Kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. We must be able to think kingdom because it is real. It is realer than anything else that you are seeing. Kingdom. Kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan. And maybe you are saying... Kingdom, like what's the root Greek word of kingdom? I don't understand those kind of stuff. It's simple. Just wait. I simply mean that on earth today, God has an agenda. Satan has an agenda. And both of them are active. Right? That's how you must be able to think about the world. Everybody belongs in one. No, there's, there's no in-between. There's God's kingdom, there's Satan's kingdom, and there's no in-between. And see, one other thing we must know is that there's transfer of kingdom. Just like footballers move from club to club, there's transfer. First Peter chapter 2, First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are chosen people, you are king's priests, you are a holy nation, you are a nation that belongs to God. You belong to God. God chose you to tell about the wonderful things He has done. He called you, look at that, out of darkness into His wonderful light. At one time you were not God's people. There was such a time. But now you are His people. In the past, you had never received mercy. But now you have received mercy. So there was where you were. Now there is where you are. Kingdom speaks about the authority over our lives. Speaks about our loyalty. See, when we are in the kingdom of God, we belong to God. He owns us. Salvation is not just a picture of like, ah, we belong to the devil. Ah, and God looked at us and pitied us. So he now paid a price to release us from the devil and so we are free. No, God bought us. You get what I'm saying? He bought us. All right? You think about football and you buy a player. He leaves one club and what does he do? He moves to another club. Are you hearing me today? And that's the way kingdom, there is no in-between. You can say, ah, God, hey, God, God, God. I said, no, no, me, I'm just like in-between. There is no in-between. 
In actual fact, everything that is not God is Satan. Jesus said, he that does not gather with me scatters. I used to think, no, Jesus, what you should say is that he that does not scatter is gathering. He said, no, if you are not actively for me, you are against me. He that does not gather with me scatters. So, there's God's agenda on the earth and there's Satan's. I'm going somewhere, please, this will help you. Don't miss it. We think many times that, ah, yes, God is into the good stuff. Satan is the bad guy. Well, what I would rather say is that God is God. Satan is Satan. It's easier to say it that way. Because sometimes Satan can use goodness to be devilish. He can use goodness to push his agenda. Don't be naive. Don't get it wrong. Don't be deceived. God is for us. God is good. You know, I know John chapter 10 verse 10, it spells it out clearly that the thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, to destroy. You say, Satan, what are you trying to do? Steal, kill, destroy. Satan is your enemy. Satan hates you. Can you help me look at somebody? I'll need you to do it that way. Say, Satan hates you. Satan hates you. Satan is not indifferent about you. You should not be indifferent about him. He hates you. He's trying to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. That's what he's trying to do. Right? And it is actively going on in the earth. All right? So to do that, you know, we look at things many times just neutrally, like we're just very naive, like, ah, you know, it's just, I just kind of love this comedy skit. Mm -mm. To steal, to kill. That's what he's trying to do. I'm just the kind of person that just likes, you know, I just spend a lot of time on my phone. I'm just saying that there's an agenda to steal, kill, and destroy. There's an agenda to give life. And everything is going in one direction. Everything. We must think kingdom. Ephesians 4 verse 27. Don't give the devil a chance. Don't. So what I'm asking today is just like a team player, like I'm saying, like on a soccer team, you have that player that was signed and is a member of the team. I'm asking today, do you have a vision for the kingdom you belong? See, there, there are footballers, honestly, let me give, there are footballers that don't even mind their team losing as long as they score. You know, there are some of those kind of footballers that it's just about them. They don't even, they, it's just them, them, them. You know, it's my success, my plans, my ambition, and all of that. I'm asking you today, as a member of a kingdom, do you have a vision for the kingdom and the win of that kingdom? We are deceived into thinking neutral and thinking self, but neutral doesn't exist. Too many Christians sell too cheap. It's just about us. It's just about the money I want to make. It's just about me being happy. It's just about me finding my marriage. It's just about me having the vacation I want. It's just me. We sell cheap because we're thinking it's about us. But I'm saying, no, you are a part of something. A friend of mine used to say to me years ago, he would say, I would rather be a strand of hair on a big elephant, on an elephant, than to be a very big cockroach. You say, I'd rather be a tiny strand of hair on an elephant than to be a very big cockroach. Do you get the principle? It's about what we're a part of. That the kingdom we're a part of is victorious, is blessed, and all of that. So we get to be in that by just being a part of that. But when you are trying to, it's all about me, I want my plans and my blah, blah, blah. I'm saying, do you see kingdom? Do you see kingdom? 
Do you see things as neutral? <laughs> we must be able to see our entire life in the light of kingdom. We think, we think neutral thing. We think neutral, neutral. Fire, fire is not bad. Eh? Fire is not good. Depends on whose hand it is in. Eh? A gun, a gun is not bad. A gun is not bad. A gun is not good. Depends on who is holding it. It's gone that your state executioner will use to take out people and keep all of us safe. It's gone. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Oh yeah, bankere is not bad. It's not good. Depends on who is holding it. Right? Are you, are you with me? And what I'm saying is that as we think about the world and we think about things, we must seek kingdom. Who is holding it? Money is not bad. It's not good. Who is holding it? Kingdom. Is your kingdom winning? How are you helping your kingdom win? The devil doesn't need you to worship him. He only needs you not to worship God. The golden calf is not Satan. It's their jewelry. But he said, just take your worship away from God because he knows everything that is not God. It's you missing the point. So just withdraw your worship from God. It's already a worship disorder. It doesn't have to be that you say, Satan, I'm in your kingdom. I worship you forever. It's just you be slow on what God calls you to the devil needs. Worship yourself. Satan is happy. Be self-centered. Self-obsessed. Come to church and be self-obsessed. Satan doesn't mind. Come to church. Eh? Do it in a Christian way. Submit prayer point. They will ask you salvation of... There's nobody I even know that needs to be saved, but my own prayer request. Number one, number two, number three. My breakthrough, my... Come to church and put prayer requests, but be self-obsessed. They say kingdom. Do you know what it means when a soul gets saved? Do you know what it means to kingdom? Do you know what it means to the team that you are a part of? You say, I'm not the kind of person that talks those kind of stuff with my friends. Oh, eh? No, no, eh? No. But God should just bless me, help me, lead me, direct me, vision for my life. My own purpose. Help me with my purpose. All things work together for the good. Romans 8, 28, of them that love God, who are the called according to his purpose. You're not, God is not called according to your purpose. You are called according to God's purpose. His kingdom. He's doing something in the earth. And I'm just today trying to sell a vision of God's kingdom to you. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Because Colossians 3 verse 17 says, and whatever you now do, eh? I'm going to work, oh, I'm raising my family, oh, I'm liking a babe, oh, I'm saying yes to a guy, oh, whatever you now do, I'm writing exam, oh, do Somebody say, in word or deed, do what? Do all in the name of Jesus. We need to learn how to start living our lives in the name of Jesus. That's what I'm saying. Holding the fire in the name of Jesus. Holding the things he has put in our hands in the name of Jesus. Putting a name of Jesus value on the things that we do. That's what I'm saying. Go and study in the name of Jesus. Go to work in the name of Jesus. Dream in the name of Jesus. Marry your babe in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Go on vacation in the name of Jesus. When I say kingdom, you say, hey, so kingdom is just about building the church and worshipping in the church. No. Kingdom is about all that God wants to see happen in your life. See, when I go on vacation with my family and I'm investing in raising my children to be champions for God in the earth, it is in the name of Jesus. It is kingdom sponsored. Are you hearing me? 
I'm not saying it's church money. I'm saying that it is. <laughs> I need to clarify. I'm saying that kingdom sponsors its agenda. When you go on a date, kingdom, there's a difference between kingdom date, eh? Kingdom of God date, and kingdom of Satan date. You, know you can go and eat in the same place, oh, but two different agendas are happening. There is, and see, God sponsors. I've never seen a footballer that buys his own jersey to go and play for his club. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Only your own village, your school team. Not, I mean, real team. Kingdom sponsors its agenda. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Or they'll say, ah, Rashford wants to play for my, but Rashford doesn't have money to buy his jersey. Like, does it make sense? Does it make sense? Man, you will invest in him. They will protect him. They will take, ah, he's tired. They will find private jet. They will fly him. They will take, they will pay for his surgery. Everything. Because he's of value to the king. Kingdom sponsors its own. What if you were dating your babe in the name of Jesus? You see, the reason why I cannot marry, eh, is because, hey, in the money, the money. What if your marriage was kingdom marriage? It is kingdom sponsored. Are you hearing me today? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing? Look at somebody say, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. What if, what if passing your exams was not just about how you want to feel about yourself? It was about kingdom. It's about what God is doing in the earth that I'm selling myself out to God. Make me all you want me to be. Use what is in my hand. Use the knowledge I'm getting. Use the education I'm getting. Use my plans. Use my dreams. Use my vision. I release it to you, God. Ah! Then you become kingdom sponsored. It's kingdom that is happening. Don't just look at the world and say, hey, some people are happy. So everybody's running. <laughs> kingdom is driving some people. What if making money for you was about kingdom. A drive, listen to me well. Not, I want to make money to be happy. What has your happiness done for you in life? What has it done for you? No, really, think about it. How far does it take you? I think what we are really longing for is a deep sense of fulfillment that comes from fulfilling what we were really made to be. That's, that's what we are longing for. We think... All those things are just fleeting things. So that's why you're high today. You're down. You're high. You're down. What we need is the square peg of the square hole. It's the, ah, that this is, ah, this is me. And it's a blessed space to be. It is a fulfilling space to be. Money can't bite. It brings money, but money can't bite. Are you hearing me today? Look at somebody say, think kingdom. Think kingdom. What a vision of kingdom. What a vision of kingdom. It's the vibe I carry when I come to church. I'm not coming to church. I'm coming to church as a part of what God is doing in the earth. I'm joining a sound. We come and we start to worship. Do you know what's going on this morning? That do you know that all over this city that we're in, all over our community, do you know there are places like this where it's like light bulb, light bulb, light bulb. God is doing something. I get to be a part of that sound. We're praising the name of Jesus. We're exalting the name of Jesus. It's not about me. I don't even like that song. You see, you were worshiping. Did you hear your, did you see your name on the screen? See you? Why should you about whether you like it? I said, we're, we're singing about the risen savior. Ha! It's kingdom. If these things don't move your heart, then you need heart correction. You need, I'm, in the most polite way, that's what I'm saying. You walk into church and all that moves you is what you have seen for your life 10 years time. How can you secure your next 10 seconds? How can you? How can you? Something more. We need to live for more. 
The devil makes us live cheap. How much is the money? How, is money, money, money? How much? How much? Have you not seen money? I've, I've, you, you, you hear you know, money, money, money. When you now encounter money, you now just be quiet. Money will show you that. What, what, who are you? You, you know that you just be sober. <laughs> so even you, you can't even do money. <laughs> so as God is pacing it for us, hmm? as we're growing for him to be able to trust us. See, when you think kingdom, it pays God for Christians in this world to have more wealth. I mean, it pays, it pays the church. I don't know about this church. The way, the way the church will have more wealth is if the members of the church have more wealth and are generous. Is it not like that? So it, 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 I mean, it pays me. It pays God. I believe, I believe it pays God. And, and this is how I even think because when you're saying kingdom of God, kingdom of Satan, do you know that in the world that we live, wealth is simply being recycled. It's leaving one place. When you get more, it's left somewhere. It's moving. Value is going and wealth is coming. Do you understand? So if wealth is coming to the church, it's living somewhere. It's living somewhere. But let me explain this to you. I have a five-year-old son. I love him. He calls me his BFF. I love him. Um, but if I have like, a, have a, like a loose car, let's say I have a loose car, not toy car, real car. I have a loose car and I say, ah, I want, I, want, I want my son to have it. It pays me for him to have it. But I won't destroy him now. Uh, anybody can be using it. Let them, let them go and be using it to do kabu-kabu. Eh? Go and use it to do, do you understand? Go and use it to do boats. And he doesn't have because he can't handle it. So when God looks at our needs sometimes, it's his love that is just protecting us from destroying us. God, this year, give me all the money. He wants you to have it. But are you growing to see kingdom? The one he gave you to even tight, you are struggling. God, take the first, God is like, take 10. Help me drop one there. You carry all the 10 and go. Then you now say, God, give me more. This year is a year blowing exponentially to the left or the right. To do what? To blow your stinginess, to blow yourself. To do what? But I'm telling you that if you are thinking God, oh, he pays God. For I will spend more time praying over the requests than you know calling for the other say. But think kingdom. I've seen people that hold a burden for kingdom. You see God bless. What's what's money? Money is the least. It's one thing to have money, it's another thing to have uh, the wine skin. Yeah, it's another thing. But we, we are so, you know, like, hey, how much is money? money? If all you have, one guy once said, if all you have is money, then you are very poor. God is giving you mindset, way of thinking. How you even think about money, that the way the thing is, you know, the way it even controls your life, its presence, its absence. Oh. Uh, um, what should I do, Victor? <laughs> Come and finish this. Episode. Let me play for you. Here I am. Yeah, go and preach now. Play for you. 
Is this helping anybody today? So, think kingdom, think kingdom, think kingdom. Look at somebody say, think kingdom, think kingdom. The girl you're liking, think kingdom, sorting out your emotions. You are in talking stage, do kingdom talking stage. Do you understand? You are kingdom, kingdom. Think kingdom. Yes, I'm saying what I'm saying. Yes. Kingdom does not tend to immorality. Kingdom date does not end fornicating. Are you hearing me? Uh-huh. Kingdom tends to purity. Mm? Yes, think kingdom. Kingdom sorts its emotions out. Kingdom will feel like, oh, ah, the thing will be surging, oh, but, but kingdom will say in the name of Jesus, I take control, I put my body under. Kingdom will say, I will honor God. Eh? Yes. It's not that kingdom doesn't feel. Kingdom feels, oh, uh, Kingdom's hand, we even want to move it, we pull it back and say, in the name of Jesus. Somebody say, I'm kingdom sponsored. When next you go, when next you go on vacation, eh? please don't take care of yourself so that your, your mind can think what God is calling you to think. You have been stressed. Plan a vacation this year. You say, until I have family. No, as we are single, go on vacation. Yes. Let me give you an idea. Take train. Go to Abelkuta. Hmm? Go to Abelkuta. Go around Abelkuta for one day. Come back in the train in the evening. Just go and take care of yourself. Eh? And you think like God. And as we go, sit down. There is Chicken Republic there. They should have egg star. You can buy. <laughs> and as you sit down, <laughs> as you, as you, as you. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. I should have okay. But where I was going, where I was going, where I was going is that no, nobody buys egg star. <laughs> as, you, as you sit down and as you are eating, a friend that used to say that, ah, that, you know, when souls are perishing, that you are, yes, you are doing it. You are starting to think like God. You are putting your mind in a space for God to move. You are receiving sounds of heaven. Yeah? You are positioning yourself, kingdom sponsored. Kingdom sponsored, kingdom sponsored, kingdom sponsored. Not seeing an ambassador that they said, go and represent Nigeria in France. Do you have money for flight? <laughs> kingdom sponsored. I'm on his assignment. What, what I'm doing in this world is his assignment. Kingdom sponsored. My safety is kingdom sponsored. They might attack. They can do their worst, but I'm kingdom sponsored. God kept. God preserved. God helped. Uh, prayer point for the last day is that God should please preserve my life. God is preserve. What preserve? Almost like you're doing your God preserve. Like God is keeping me because I'm on his assignment. Okay, let's do one last thing and I'll close. Um, finally, let's, let's live this year with a vision for Jesus to be glorified. A vision for Jesus to be glorified. A vision to see Jesus glorified. I'm asking, what is chasing you today? Everybody's running, everybody's hustling. But I'm saying, as you are going to work, as you are reading, as you are earning, what is chasing you? I pray today that you're having a vision to make the most. You're having a vision for the kingdom and for the winds of our kingdom. And you're also having a vision to see Jesus glorified. Has it happened to you before that maybe you had done so much and you felt like you were not rewarded, right? You felt like, uh uh-uh, after all I've done in this office, in this organization, or on this project, like, like I was cheated. Like, I feel like my, I'm unfairly treated. Or you're watching a game and you feel like, ah, this team, 
has played so well, they don't deserve to lose, like, oh, like, oh, you know, that kind of thing. Um, do you ever think about Jesus that way? Do you ever think about Jesus like the Savior that has done it all? In fact, the Bible says while he walked on earth that his justice was taken away from him. <laughs> he walked on earth and his justice was taken away. He was unjustly treated. But I even think even today, as I think about Jesus, I feel like, man, Jesus deserves more praise than he's getting. I feel like, man, look at Jesus, this Savior that died and was raised back to life, that loved us so free. I feel like, man, Jesus deserves more than he's getting. He deserves our lives. He deserves it all. He deserves everything. Like, man, Jesus deserves more than probably he's getting. And I think this is really what our kingdom is about. It's about a drive to say our hero, Jesus, we long to see him glorified. We long to see the glory just go to him. We long to see him exalted. We, is that not enough to drive us as we run? That by his death and his resurrection, he has brought us life. He has done it all. And he deserves to be, he deserves to be trusted. He deserves for me. I feel like, Jesus, like when I trust Jesus, I'm doing what he deserves. Like he has shown himself trustworthy. He deserves to be trusted. He deserves me to be, to be having faith in him. He deserves like, like he has earned it for himself. And I long to live a life that brings him glory. I long to see Jesus glorified. I want to run this year. And I want to run with a passion that says, man, I have a vision to see Jesus glorified. But, but maybe you're hearing that and you're saying, yes, that man, the way I will walk and the way I would amass everything to, to glorify Jesus. And you're hearing that like putting pressure on yourself. But that's, then you missed the point. See, what Jesus does for everything that he expects of us is that he supplies it in us. Let me read to you Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. It says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine according, look at this, to the power that works. Where does the power work? The power works in us. So God is able to do exceeding abundantly and there's a power that is working in us so now verse 21 flows out of that it says now to him be glory guess how he receives glory because his power is already at work in us so he receives glory in the church by christ jesus through all generations when god says i want to get glory out of the church he works it in us by his power to be the kind of people that can bring him glory he works it in us by his power to live the kind of lives that can bring him glory he works it in us by his power to be be the kind of people that will do our work in a way that will bring him glory it says in 1 Peter chapter 2 that he has called us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light he says in Matthew 5 you are the light of the world and then he says let your light so shine before men that they would see your good works like your works and then he, what does he say they will glorify your father in heaven how does the father in heaven receive glory he brought me from darkness to light he calls me light and by the shining of my light my works start to bring him glory glory in other words as God longs to receive the glory through us he works it in us he puts it in us to be the kind of people that can bring him glory and I'm saying today do you know you are wired to bring God glory when you walk into church I I personally will never understand you know there are things that you can say ah this type of fish I've never eaten it before this species of fish and all of that I will never understand this species of Christian I will never understand this species of Christian that walks into a worship service and doesn't see the longing to bring him glory to lift your hands to shout at the top of your voice I will never understand this species of Christian that just feels like hey, I'm not into that kind when we sing about who Jesus is he is worthy of all glory and of all honor and something in us must be wired to say man come on we bring glory to God we exalt him we sing about his name we shout about his name we put our worth on him we bring glory to God 
we must have a vision that longs to live a life that brings glory. That brings glory to God. That brings glory to God. Tim, come, let me land this morning. Have you ever seen a, a colleague? Maybe you had a colleague at work who normally is very lazy about their job and all of that. But suddenly one day he just got to work and the person was very, very gingered, like uh, doing everything. Person was doing everything, smiling all over. This person that is normally saucy. And I say, what did they promise you? It happens, it happens with my kids. You know, like, do your house chore. You growing out there. Ah, they wake up the day we forgot. Put a promise on that thing. Just offer them a date. Offer them, you know, and then they wake up like nobody's even talking to you. They will arrange everything, call themselves to order. They will do all of that. Why? There's a promise on it. I feel like many times when you see the ginger and the drive, maybe the question is, what's the promise? Is the promise strong enough to drive it? Right? So as I'm landing this morning, I'm wondering, what kind of Christian would you be? I want to be the kind of Christian that has like a drive and an attitude that is running this year. And they're like, but you've escaped Egypt, but I'm running. And they're like, but you've, like on every count, like you've won, you've done that, but I'm running. What is it? What is it going on? What is driving your passion? Why do you have this kind of energy burst and all of that? And I'm running. Why are you loving the way you're loving? Why? But you forgive that person. You're still forgiven. Why are you? But people treated you wrong, but you are full of joy. But people let you down, but you keep going. Like, But you had some disappointment, but man, your head is lifted high. Oh, man. We did the same economy, like, how far, bro? You know, I want to be the kind of person that they're asking. And I would say, man, there's a promise on this thing. There's a promise on this thing. I want to be the kind of Christian that is enduring seasons, doing all. The question is, what is the promise? In Hebrews chapter 11, you know it. And when you're reading from the beginning of Hebrews 11, this great hall of fame of people who by faith did. Like you're reading saints of the Old Testament. You're reading about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, you know, David, Samson and Sarah who received strength to conceive seed. And when she was past the age, and you're like, man, Abel, who offered to God a more excellence. And you're like, man, you're reading about those who received their dead back to life, like men's stuff and all of that. But you read through the entire Hebrews 11 and story after story of great things those who stopped the mouths of lions who threw you know were valiant in battle and of Jephthah and of um, 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 what's her name and all of them all of them on and on then you get to verse 39 and it says and all these all these having obtained a good testimony through faith did not receive the promise all of them did not receive the promise everybody in that old testament era that was doing and doing and doing and doing he said they did not receive the promise but man these guys did stuff and they were driving and all of that but you see they were looking ahead to a hope they were looking forward to something but guess what it says in verse 40 it says uh they did not receive the promise verse 40 god having provided something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us you see all of them were looking forward to a promise that because of the grace of jesus now we are looking backwards to that the promise was in the person of jesus and so all of them 
them were looking forward and they were living in that hope and in that expectation and doing all that they could and they did amazing things but guess what he says they did not receive the promise but I by the grace of God have received this beautiful promise that is given in the person of Jesus what kind of life do you think I should live I feel like I should live with such a high intensity I'm looking at everything in Hebrews 11 I'm like man come on I am writing my own verses of that chapter I'm living on the front foot I'm fulfilling the plan of God I am not stopping short I'm not just about escaping Egypt I'm about pursuing I'm running I'm full of a drive and all of that and they're saying why is it such a big deal to you and I'm saying because you don't see the beauty of the promise that is in Jesus you don't see the beauty of who Jesus is for me every one of them longed for him every one of them looked forward to him all these heroes they wondered they lived in that hope and looked forward to the promise but I am so grateful that I can live my life with this intensity from a place of who Jesus is to me so today my invitation is really simple I'm inviting you as you run this year I'm inviting you as you make every decision I'm inviting you as you walk through seasons I'm inviting you as you put in the effort as you put in the work I'm inviting you this morning can you do life this year running looking to Jesus with your eyes on Jesus like never before awed by his beauty by the wonder of his person and of his presence with you just living in the beauty of this wonderful savior that is all conquering that is all victorious that has done it all and then invites you to say come on run that journey with me this beautiful savior that laid down his life and paid a price for you to have all grace therefore you are abounding and you're running in all of that with your eyes on him i'm inviting you today would you run this year looking to jesus a vision of who jesus is to you that is more beautiful than anything that surrounds that is more beautiful than the chains of egypt that is more beautiful than that promise of who jesus is to us we can live in the wonder and in the beauty. Today I'm inviting you friends, can we fix our eyes on Jesus? It's not a new pressure on us. It's a beauty of what he has already accomplished and poured out. And today if you will turn your eyes, nevertheless if anyone turns to the Lord the veil is taken away and we are with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of God and then we are being changed with ever increasing glory into that beauty of who Jesus is to us. I invite you today will it put new strength in you when you feel like you're flagging in your faith as you look to Jesus? Would it put a new wonder in your soul when you feel like life is just dead and dry as you look to Jesus? Would it put a new spark in your heart when you feel like there's nothing more to live for as you look to Jesus? Would it put a new enthusiasm on every cold night when you feel why am I here and I have questions that I don't have answers to but you have the promise of who Jesus is to you? Would it put a new beauty to the rhythms that you walk as you lift your eyes and you look to Jesus today? I invite you would you lift your eyes and look to Jesus we've looked at all the things that surround and all the things that are chasing us and maybe you've run to the left run to the right but today I'm inviting you to a new sense of fulfillment and of life and of living and of wonder that is in the person and the beauty of Jesus of Jesus would you see his face again would you see his beauty again would you sense his love again you've lived for all the voices of the people that surround but would you sense this morning the love and the beauty of Jesus of Jesus of Jesus of Jesus would you see his passion towards you today would you see his heart for you today Jesus Jesus would you turn your eyes today and just revel in the wonder of Jesus 
Jesus, the one that loves you more than you know he can, the one that loves you more than you know he does, Jesus, the one who is for you and not against you, the one who knows your worst but still invites you to your best, Jesus, Jesus, today I invite you to say if there's a running this year, let our running be fueled by who Jesus is to us. If there's a running this year, if I'm holding an attitude, if I'm showing up strong, let it be fueled by who Jesus is to me. Jesus, I pray this morning across this room, I pray for every single person today that our eyes will be open in a new way. The eyes of our understanding will be flooded, that we will know the hope of your calling. We will know the power that is at work towards us who believe. We will know the immeasurable riches of your love towards us, Jesus. I pray for people today, God, that our hearts will just be surrounded and overwhelmed by a passion of who you are to us Jesus help us to love you all over again help us to just sense your voice louder and closer and nearer that you are for us and not against us help us to see your beauty where the world is ugly help us to see your beauty where people do us ugly Jesus we look to you we look to you we long for you our hearts are poured out in passion to know you to seek you to live for you to run with you to live all the days of our lives filled by the beauty of who you are i pray for everybody this morning that is tired i pray for everybody this morning that feels overwhelmed i just pray for the beauty of jesus the beauty of jesus the glory of Jesus to just rest heavy upon you today I pray for everybody in a season of their lives that just feels overwhelmed I pray for the passion of Jesus the passion of life the passion of living God to stir up souls this morning to encourage the discouraged to strengthen the weary to give hope to the hopeless I pray for people that are in a struggle this morning I pray for the victory of Jesus to be so real to them God Jesus somebody say the name Jesus come on shout the name Jesus just say one more time Jesus you're comfortable to will you lift your hands if you're not standing stand on your feet would you lift your hands and just reach out and just say Jesus open my eyes to see you open my eyes to love you open my heart to love you open my heart to just love you more and more and more to be filled with a passion for you Jesus so Jesus Jesus, Jesus, call the name. Call the name. That's the name that got you saved. That's the name that found you, Jesus. Just say, Jesus, I sell myself out to live to bring you glory. I sell my family, my home, my job, my school, my business to bring you glory. All that I am to see Jesus glorified all that I have for Jesus to be glorified with all that I do for Jesus to be glorified for Jesus 
to be glorified. Come on, let me give you guys 60 seconds to pray. Don't know what it is to you, but somebody, I don't know about you, I'm needing up some more Jesus in my life. I am, I don't know what it is to you, but man, I, I want to love him more. I want to follow him nearer. I want my life to be fueled by a pursuit of Jesus. who you are to me Jesus I've lived chasing the wrong voices chasing the wrong pursuits today Jesus soak me in a kingdom awareness breathe in me God the rhythms and the passion of kingdom let me see the things you see let me hear the sounds of heaven let me run for the things that your heart is heavy for let me see God-sized vision over my children, over the work of my hands, over my relationship, over my marriage, over what I do. Oh God, fill my heart with God-sized vision. Not just morning to night tired, morning to night fulfilled, fulfilled, running in the rhythms of what I was made for, running in the rhythms of your calling on my life. Jesus, I live to bring you praise. I live to bring you glory, Jesus. I live to bring you praise, Jesus. Let every breath that I breathe, let every moment, let every skill, let every passion, let every expression, let Jesus be glorified in my life. In what I have, in what I do, Jesus, be glorified. Jesus, be glorified. Take the glory, take the glory, take all the glory, Jesus. All I am, all I have, all I do, all I will become, Jesus, take all the glory. Take all the glory, take all the glory. Let this life bring you praise. All for you, Jesus. All for your name, Jesus. All for the glory of your name, Jesus. I lay down my crowns. I lay down my success. I lay down my dreams for the glory of your name. Jesus, heal me of my self-obsession. Heal me of trying to take the glory to myself. Save me from my smallness and bring me to just live in the wonder of who you are. Oh, Jesus. Oh, name above all names, Jesus. Wonder of all the earth, wonder of all generations. Jesus, 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 oh Jesus, Jesus, call that name again and again, Jesus, the all-sufficient one, the one that is more than enough for every season of my life, for my January, for my February, for my March and April, and all that would ever be, Jesus.
perfect love cast out all fear. Hey, the love of Jesus cast out all fear. Jesus, why are you quiet on my soul? Why are you weak within me? Come on, look to him. They were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion. They will never, never be moved. Jesus. Somebody pray a little more. I feel like you can set the tone for this year. It's for the glory of Jesus. I feel like you can set the tone for this season of your life. It's for the glory of Jesus. my life bring you praise may every breath I breathe bring you glory may the effort that I put out bring you glory may my striving honor you may my living may my loving honor you Jesus One more. May my passion be an extension of your passion. I love that. Jesus. Somebody want to say that? May my passion be an extension of your passion. It's powerful. I love you, Jesus. You're the only one worth living for. Everybody else is going to let us down, but people may disappoint, but I love you, Jesus. More than anything, more than words can say, more than the treasures, I love you, Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. That's the best thing I ever, ever done. Just sing that one more time. Falling in love. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love with Jesus. It's the best thing I've ever, ever done. Let me help you. You're going to sing it one more time, but... Maybe you think the best thing I've ever done is I made a first class. 
Okay. Maybe you feel the best thing you've ever done is like, man, I'll tell you the truth, guys. I look at my wife many times and I'm like, babe, I married well. I didn't make a first class in school, but I got a first class wife. Like, I married well. Maybe you look at some success that you've hit. You're like, man, this is a great thing. But today, let it be the moment where we say, man, in the light of who Jesus is, all of those just take the backstage and let's come to who Jesus is and say, if there's anything we've ever done that put value on this life, that gave him meaning, if there's anything that changed our lives, that brought us from death to life, from darkness to light, that brought us from hopelessness to hope, from sorrow to joy, from deadness to life, it was that we found Jesus, it was that we fell in love with Jesus and we fell in love with him because he had loved us from the very beginning and we could just respond. So can we lift every voice and if you can't lift your hands and sing it out come on falling in love with Jesus Amen to that today. Amen. 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 All right. While we stay standing, I want to make an invitation. Somebody came to church today and you are not in the right place with Jesus. You know, the beauty of our service is Jesus. It's not about singing. It's not about preaching. It's not about anything. It's the person of Jesus that works in us. If there's anybody here today that has a standing, it's because... We said yes to Jesus. We surrendered the lordship of our lives to Jesus. We made a decision to be followers of Jesus. I don't know who you are today, but you're saying to me, man, I'm not born again. I'm not in a right standing with Jesus. I can't boldly say that, you know, I've let it all go for Jesus. And you want today to be that day when you would say, yeah, I'm saying yes to Jesus. My sins are forgiven. I'm not under the guilt and the shame, the condemnation of, of the devil. I'm not in the kingdom of Satan. I'm in the kingdom of God. You want today to be that day. Guess what? A prayer is going to fix it. Can a prayer be that powerful? Yes, because our Savior is that powerful. He did the big one so that today you can say yes to him and your yes will bring you from death to life. Will bring you from emptiness to his fullness. I don't know who you are today, but if you say to me, I'm not right with God and I want to be made right, I'm asking everybody to stand so we can honor your decision. Or can we just close our eyes and bow our heads today? Let everybody... Everybody have the right to that decision. Let no two hands be joined together, whether you're in the building or you're online. Let everybody have a standing today to say, what would you do with Jesus? I'm going to count to three. If you say you're speaking to me, I'm not right with Jesus. I need to be made right. I want you to, sw to swing your hand to your chest. Do it boldly, knowing that God sees you, he knows you. Every sin is going to be forgiven today. You're going to have a whole new life, a whole new beginning because of who Jesus is. Are you ready? One, two, three. Put your hand on your chest. God bless you. Thank you for your sincerity to people around the building. God bless you. I believe there are also people online. That's a miracle happening in your life right now. God bless you. Awesome. That is awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what? This is a family, not a crowd. I'm going to have everybody in church joining as we say a prayer. If your hand is on your chest, I want you to say these words with boldness, knowing that God hears your voice this morning. But let's all join in together and say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today because you've made a way for me to come through the death 
the burial and the resurrection of your son Jesus. Say, I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and he's the savior of the world. Say, I make this the day that I boldly confess Jesus Christ as my savior and my Lord. Say, I belong to you, Jesus. I give everything to follow you. Please forgive me of the past and give me a whole new beginning. I will live for you. I will follow you all the days of my life. I receive your grace. I receive your love today. I receive your peace in my heart. I receive your joy in my heart. Say, I am your child. And one day, I'll be with you in heaven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Congratulations. Congratulations, friends. Everybody who prayed that prayer, congratulations. Wow, a miracle just happened in your life. That is awesome. We're so proud of your decision today. We're excited about it. That's a huge miracle. It's the best thing that can ever happen. We're so glad and grateful that you made that choice today. Thank you so much for joining us here at Sycamore Church. If you pray that prayer at the end, we are so excited about your decision for Jesus and we would love to help you get established in your relationship with him. So please let us know about your decision at www.sycamore.church forward slash Jesus. There, you'll also find all kinds of resources to help you build your relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed this message, we would love for you to subscribe wherever you are listening or visit www.sycamore.church forward slash resources. Again, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.